especially for me because that means I get to leave last week behind and it was a, it was a terrible week. So I'm thankful that it's a new week and uh, that we can push on forward and, uh, and see what God has for us this week. But even though last week was terrible for me, it, God spoke to me last night as I was driving home from New Liskert and he said, Trevor, like, there's reasons for everything and this is why. This is this is what I want to teach you, even though he probably had you know maybe had nothing to really do with what happened to me with my situations and different things. He'll use it anyways, and he doesn't. You know I don't believe he purposely wanted to stomp on me last week, but he's like you know what, I have a I have a I have a lesson for you in all this, and I'll share more on that later. But let's let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity we have to be here and worship you, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for the worship this morning uh, and the people who uh, who led us. And Lord, I just pray that it was honoring to you, Lord, and that our hearts were in the right place. Lord, I just pray that you'll prepare our hearts right now to receive the message that you have for us to learn this uh, this day and always, and that we'll live it out and that we will be... Uh, as Wade had mentioned, that we will be uh, convicted of being Christians. Amen. Okay, so if you want to open your Bibles, let's go to John uh, 6. We're going to pick it up in 25. Um, so Ted, uh, when he was in chapter 4, he had, he had talked about the, the traveling circus act that uh, people were coming to see Jesus with. Well, uh, this continues after the feeding of the 5,000 People followed uh, Jesus across uh, the, across the lake, and they they found him in Capernaum. And um, in uh, in verse 26 to 27, it makes it still clear that they that they are coming to Jesus for the physical at this point. And let's read uh, 26 to 27. Jesus says, "I tell you for certain that." You are not looking for me because you saw the miracles, but because you ate all the food you wanted. Don't work for food that spoils. Work for food that gives eternal life. The Son of Man will give you this food because God the Father has given him the right to do so. Jesus saw through their intentions right away. Um, but even though he, he sees this and he points it out to them, uh, the crowd goes on in 28 and they say... What exactly does God want us to do? The people asked. Jesus answered, God wants you to have faith in the one he sent. They replied, and he, uh, here's, it just baffles me. What miracle will you work? He's already told them, I'm on to you. I see that you're just looking for the physical and the circus show. And then they say, well, what miracle will you work so that we can have faith in you? What will you do? If it was me, I'd be thinking, well, I just turned two loaves and five fish into a feast that fed thousands. You know, is that not enough? You know, all these different things I've done. Is that enough? You still need more. Uh, For example, in 31, for example, when our ancestors were in the desert, uh, they were given manna to eat. It happened just as the scriptures say. God gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus told them, I tell you for certain that Moses wasn't the one who gave you the bread from heaven. My father is the one who gives you the true bread from heaven. And the bread that God gives is the one who came down from heaven to give life to the world. The people said, Lord, give us all the bread. Don't ever stop. 
I believe they're, they're still thinking of a physical bread. They're, they're still missing it. They, they, they're like, and they're kind of have, a, from what I've seen, a greedy attitude. They're like, just don't, don't let it stop. Just keep it coming. Just keep giving us the blessings. That's all they want. Give me the blessings. You know, and, and um, you know, they need to be focused, you know, or we all tend to be focused on the physical sometimes. Is it not true? You know, I examine our prayer lives, examine what we do. It's, you know, I'm going through this. I need this. You know, uh, it's I need, I need, I need in all sorts of different ways. Tunnel visioned. These people were absolutely tunnel visioned. We can be the same way. Let's never read the scriptures and not insert ourselves in there and examine ourselves. Um, so moving on in verse 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread that gives life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. No one who has faith in me will ever be thirsty. I have told you already that you have seen me and still do not have faith in me. Everything and everyone that the Father has given me will come to me, and I won't turn them away. I didn't come from heaven to do what I want. I came to do what the Father wants me to do. He has sent me, and he wants to make certain that, no, uh, that none of the ones he has given me will be lost. Instead, he wants me to raise them to life on the last day. My Father wants everyone who sees the Son to have faith in him and to have eternal life. Then I will raise them to life on the last day. I am the bread that gives life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert, and later they died. The bread from heaven has come down so that no one who eats it will ever die. I am the bread from heaven. Everyone who eats it will live forever. My flesh is the life-giving bread that give that I give people. Uh, sorry, my fr- my flesh is the life-giving bread that I give to the people of the world. They started arguing with each other. How can this be? How can he give us his flesh to eat? Jesus answered, "I tell you for certain." that you, will not, you won't live unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man. But if you do eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have eternal life. I will raise you to life on the last day. My flesh is the true food, and my blood is the true drink. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you are one with me and I am one with you. The living Father sent me, and I have life because of him. Now everyone who eats my flesh will live because of me. The bread that comes down from heaven isn't like what your ancestors ate. They died. But whoever eats the bread of life will live forever. So at this point, Jesus is losing the crowd. Absolutely. They're like, how can this be? You know, you're trying to tell us that you want us to like, what, take a bite out of you? Like, you know, eat your flesh, drink your blood, you know, uh, they're probably scratching their heads and thinking, so what, there's no physical bread? I'm going to be hungry today? You know, uh, come on, just, just do that trick again. You know, feed us. Give us what we want. Give us the food. Give us, uh, give us some, you know, some bread. Maybe some water would be nice. Um, you know, do, do another one of your tricks. But what, what are you talking about? Eat, our fla- eat my flesh, drink my blood. Um, you know, it's, uh, it isn't hard to see that they'd be confused by this statement? I would be. You know, we have the benefit of the doubt 
you know, we have to give it to them. But for us, we have the New Testament. We, we see the whole picture. We understand this is a symbol of Christ on the cross and what he's done for us and the communion celebration and all of that stuff. They didn't have that. However, it is important to know that when Jesus said these things, and you can see in verse 59, Jesus was in the uh, Jewish place of worship in Capernaum. So I don't think he was going out purposely trying to speak over people's heads. You know, the, the Jewish people, they know their, their uh, scriptures inside and out for the most part. And even the, the ones who, you know, excelled, they went on to be rabbis and, and up and up and up. But they all were very well taught. So it, it's not a huge huge like where is this coming from they know that the messiah has to suffer they know he's going to be killed uh you know if they read uh, isaiah it's pretty obvious um you know there's there's clues they just miss them and uh but the the important part is you know they they don't just stop at that point they don't just say that's confusing they keep going on and on and say um well you know what we know your mom and dad. How, how can you be claiming to say you came from down from heaven? We know your parents. Like, what do you mean you came down from heaven? You know, so they're starting to, to really put doubt. They're starting to really turn their brains into overdrive, and that's never a good thing. Um, they obviously missed the analogy. They've obviously missed the point. Um, I believe that Jesus potentially here could have been uh, almost you know, weeding people out and saying, who is after me for a physical give me, give me attitude you know, they just want? Who is after me for a spiritual restitution? Who is coming after me to have spiritual sustenance? That is the bread of life. That is the, the, the blood. It's all spiritual. And that is what gets us through. Um, the, um, uh, so in case you're wondering, what was the lesson I learned from my terrible week last week? You know, I'm driving. I, I, was, I was so angry last week. It was, it, was, it was very difficult to put anything together. Uh, my brain was, uh, was not working in almost any regard. And uh, I, that anger was definitely just tunnel visioning me very narrowly. And uh, um, the, so as I'm driving home from New Liskard, Hannah was asking me questions about, you know, what, what are you basically going to be doing uh, for the sermon and this and that. And I'm like, well, I don't really know 100%. Like, it's not really coming together. But then Jesus spoke to me. He said, he said, listen, you are the people in verse 26 and 27. This whole week I've been, I was angry because things at work didn't go well. I, I had a bit of a, a disrespect situation going on between me and my bosses. And on an earthly level, I may have every right to feel that way. I believe I do, but the key is the earthly level. Jesus pulled me back and said, I provide for you 
very well. Don't be angry. Don't be caught up in this. Look to me for your spiritual sustenance. I've already taken care of your physical needs. You, you need to, to look and see what is going on here. What is the spiritual aspect? And that was, uh, that was big, definitely for me this week, to, to kind of see that flip over this week and start over and realize that <laughs> greed creeps in so fast. And you look around and compare and say, you know, and then it, you're, you're done. It's, we, we need to understand this world is absolutely not what it's about and, and uh, we need to see what is Jesus doing in us and be so thankful for how he's providing for us. Don't be greedy and say, it's not enough. I prayed for this. It didn't happen. You know, you only got me halfway there and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it was wrong. And uh, I hope we can all learn from my experience this week. Um, yeah, the, the, the main lesson to cap that off is that I just need to love and commune with Jesus more. We all do. And ask him less and less every day for things and just love him more and more and see where that goes. So we'll move ahead to uh, verse 60. <clears throat> On hearing, uh, remember, we're picking this up after the, all the eat my flesh talk. So on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Then uh, in 67, <clears throat> you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Um, now, by the way, that's the first time the 12 are mentioned. Um, so, but um, he asks his, uh, well, later we would refer to them as the apostles. So you don't want to leave too? You know, everyone else is, is abandoning ship here because they, cause I said something that they had a hard time to grasp. They had a hard time to understand it. They said, oh, this, this is hard to understand. Peace, I'm out of here. Like, you know, that's what's happening here. Like, done. Like, one thing, he says one statement, you know, can't understand it. Uh, you know, maybe they're thinking, I don't want to be a cannibal, I'm out. You know, uh, but they, they just hit a, they hit a spot where they, I think they, they couldn't understand it, but they also didn't like and, or want to understand it because uh, the answer wasn't what they were looking for. It, it was not the physical thing they were chasing. Um, but is it not just so easy to overthink what the Bible says? If you read those passages and you, and you miss the analogy, you miss the concept, um, you, you're going to be so confused and so lost. But... Not only that, let, let's apply it to things that are more, uh, to things we're going to deal with. 
you know, when we read the scriptures. Um, you know, we can go ahead and we can look at um, creation. We can look at, you know, the accounts um, there and, and, and just be like, hmm, Jonah and the whale, hmm, Noah and the ark, hmm. There's, there, there's all sorts of uh, moments in the Bible where those, where we can, are we going to read them and say abandon ship? We don't understand it. We can't grasp it. Um, you know, obviously I don't recommend that ever. That's just not, not what we need to do. We need to, uh, we need to be people who, who read the Bible, who, who see it all in, in the big picture and who don't look at something and say, okay, you're not going to f- meet my physical provisions uh, when, or when life sucks and I'm praying to you, you're, you, know, you didn't answer it the way I wanted to, uh, I'm out. You know, uh, or um, you know, blaming, I've heard so many people, I know, they just, they, their spiritual life just goes completely backwards, 180 degrees, because they're going through something hard. It's like, well, you know, it, that's not, uh, not what the Bible is about. That's not what it teaches. Um, you need to draw closer at those points. And we need to, you know, be, uh, you know, not distracting ourselves with these silly little debates on, like, you know, I said, the creation, on these different things that people read. And you can read book after book after book and different things. People think in all different ways. But I'm just going to go through... Uh, I want us to go back to verse 28. And uh, first of all, so this is right after Jesus. Um, I'll look at okay, verse 26. I tell you for certain that you are not looking for me because you saw miracles, but because you ate all the food you wanted. Don't work for food that spoils. Work for food that gives eternal life. The Son of Man will give you this food. Because God the Father has given him the right to do so. Pick it up in verse 28. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works of God requires? And I skimmed over it purposely fast on the first time through, but this is a huge key. Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. Believe. Like, we just need to trust God. We need to trust Him. We need to trust the Bible. We need to trust that w- the, the book written about the Son of Man, we have to believe in the Son of Man, and we have to believe in the book that points us to Him. And um, we can't put our, our limited understanding in the way of these things and that we, you know, if we, just because we hit a spot and we're like, we can't understand it. That isn't. That should not, never be a faith stumbling block. That that just shouldn't be. We have to take a step back and humble ourselves and realize we're stupid. We are created beings. We are stupid and compared to God. There is just no other way to say it. And and the the really stupid part about it is when people try to think that they can figure him out. You can't. Don't try. You can't. That gets in the way of your faith. That gets in the way of everything. And 
all of these educated you know, people who are out there and they are sidetracking themselves so bad because they just they have to understand it. Have you looked at a science textbook lately? Have you looked at these things? They don't make any sense. Any sense at all. But they're educated and they're smart people. I doubt it. They may be good at school. They may be good at doing, learning these silly things. But they miss it. We're going to look at that in a second here. Uh, if you want to flip with me to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 20. In my Bible, it was uh, titled, Christ is God's Power and Wisdom. 18. The message about the cross doesn't make any sense to lost people. But for those of us who are being saved, it is God's power at work. As God says in the scriptures, I will destroy the wisdom of all who claim to be wise. I will confuse those who think they know so much. What happened to those wise people? What happened to those experts in the scriptures? What happened to the ones who think they have all the answers? Didn't God show them that the wisdom of this world is foolish? Pick it up in Isaiah 29:13:16. The Lord has said, These people praise me with their words, but they never really think about me. They worship me by repeating rules made up by humans. So once again, I will do things that, sh- that shock and amaze them. I will destroy the wisdom of, of those who claim to know and understand. If you are in trouble, if you try to hide your plans, or sorry, you are in trouble if you try to hide your plans from the Lord, or if you think uh, what you do in, in the dark cannot be seen. You have it all backwards. A clay dish doesn't say to the potter, you didn't make me, you don't even know how. And that is the contemporary English version. When we get caught up in understanding all the details, you miss the point. And like I mentioned, creation is one of those. People find it hard to believe that God can just say, and I made it, and it's so. Like I said, we're stupid, so don't get caught up in it. You don't know, you don't understand, that's awesome. You know, just uh, hold on to that thought for a bit. But those people need to truly examine the scriptures and their hearts. Let the scripture interpret the scripture, not your own thoughts. So in saying that, let's look at Psalms 33, 8-10. Everyone in this world should worship and honor the Lord. As he spoke, the world was created. At his command, the earth was formed. So Genesis says, I, I spoke it to be and it happened. Psalms is reaffirming or reconfirming it. I, the Lord spoke and it happened. The, uh, so if we, uh, and if you flip over to John 1, 2 to 4, while I'm going on, um, the, uh, from the uh, John 1, 2 to 4. From the very beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word, 
and with this word, God created all things. Nothing was made without the word. Everything that was created receives its life from him and life gave light to everyone. Do I understand this? No. Do I, can, I, can I ever conceive it, that it's possible? No. Did it happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we need to believe here. We don't want to be like those people who hear Jesus saying something hard and I can't understand it and bail, jump ship, bail out. We're not following you anymore. This is, just believe. Verse 29 said, the work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent. Let's just get that mentality into us. I mentioned Jonah and the fish. Why don't we look at that? Matthew 12, 39, 41. But Jesus replied, You want a sign, and this is Jesus speaking, but you want a sign because you are evil and won't believe. But the only sign you will get is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Hmm. He was in the stomach of a big fish for three days and three nights, just as the Son of Man will be deep in the earth for three days and three nights. So Jesus believes that Jonah was in the whale, but people don't. A lot of people, oh, well, that was a fable. That was this. That was. Jesus is saying this happened. What else is Jesus saying? Jesus believes in Noah and the ark. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. That's Jesus speaking in Matthew. So it really doesn't matter whether you're, you know, the, the group in Capernaum being confused by the cannibalism talk or, or just different things. All we need to remember and all I hope that people get out of this this morning is belief. Do not distract yourself. Just our focus should be on believing and not doubting and not having to understand it all. We will never understand it all. We, need, we are called to believe. Let's be a people that believe and act on our beliefs. No coasting. Um, we'll pick it up in, uh, in back in uh, John 6. We're going to go to verse 67. Now I love, I love Peter's answer. All, a lot of other disciples, they bailed ship. They're gone. They turn their back. And Jesus asked them in the verse before, so are you going to bail too? Peter speaks up. Simon Peter answered the Lord, there is no one else th- that we can go to. Your words have eternal life. We have faith in you and we are sure that you are God's Holy One. So to recap, don't try to use Jesus as a physical provider. Lean on him for your spiritual provisions and focus on that. If you have a lack of understanding, that's awesome. Just don't use it as an excuse to doubt or to, to, to do uh, anything that will hurt your faith Use it as an opportunity to dig deeper and to trust more. 
and just believe your wisdom will make you foolish. The openness to believe, I believe, is the beginning of true faith. How can it be how can it not be that if you are a skeptic of the Bible and what it says and having how can your saving faith not also have that intertwined into it? Uh, the Bible directs us to Jesus from the beginning to the end. We need to believe it all. We need to put our faith and trust and not be skeptical. And uh, and and please don't take the glory away from God by limiting Him by our lack of understanding. If the Bible says things that we cannot comprehend, just say, thank you, God. Thank you that you are so awesome and thank you for blowing my mind over and over every day. Dear Lord, please blow our minds and just shock us and awe us in just how awesome and smart you are and how little we know. Lord, humbleness is needed, absolutely, to, to truly see your glory. We put ourselves and we think too much of ourselves and our ability to, to comprehend and understand. Lord, it's a handicap. It hinders us. It hurts us. Lord, help us to take that away. Help us to, to be people who are fully immersed in you, passionate, not apathetic people who will just be like, Lord, you are fantastic. You are awesome. You are brilliant. You say things and they happen. Things that just we cannot even begin to comprehend, cannot begin to com- uh, have any concepts about, Lord. But you say in the Psalms, just look up into the heavens and see my glory. And David writes about that all the time and just looking up and seeing your glory. Lord, may we do that too. May we just not question it and not say, how can this be? But say, wow, thank you. That is amazing. And just put ourselves in the right place and put yourself in the, your rightful place and honor and worship you. Lord, I just pray that this song will be worshipful to you and that we will all uh, have broken hearts to you throughout our whole lives and that we live in a way that will show our thankfulness to you. Amen. Thank you that you have visited us in so many different ways this morning. And Lord, we pray that we may walk with you this afternoon throughout this coming week. Lord, that you might allow us to be truly your disciples. Whom have we to go to? You have the words of eternal life. And Lord, we trust in you as the living bread. Lord, our confession has been made. But Lord, only you can energize our feet, our hands, our voices, our hearts, our minds to truly live the life. For you said through your Son, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Evermore give us this bread, O Lord. 
Help us to walk in your life this day. And we give you thanks as we separate in Jesus' name. Amen.